But we spent several weeks on a series we called Full of the Spirit. And we're going to talk some more about that this morning. Ephesians 5, verse 17. Ephesians 5, 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of, the, of God. So we've talked about this, a number of facets of this, talked about, you know, uh, boldness and being filled with the Spirit, talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, talked about uh, with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. We talked about uh, the importance of the Word and being led by the Spirit. And so I have something specific we're going to focus on this morning. Verse 21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of the Spirit. So we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God. In other words, what you're filled with, it's going to come out, and you want to be filled with Him, filled up with Him so that you're able to do what you're supposed to do, and it's going to be through Him. It's not going to be through you. It's Him and not just us that we're supposed to be living this Christian life. Do we know that? It's not that he gave us something to do and then we just need to do it in our own strength. No, that's called religion. We have the actual spirit of the living God as Christians dwelling on the inside of us to help us to live this Christian life, to help us to do what we're called to do. In other words, it's his strength, it's his power that enables us. It's not us. It's not you, your moral willpower. It's not your moral muscle that's going to get the thing done uh, willpower will only go so far, but you bump up against what you can't do. But God, with all things, are, are, with him, all things are possible. With man, things are impossible. With him, all things are possible. So we need to be full of him, trusting him, relying on him, walking this life out, uh, acknowledging him, being conscious of him, and being full of him. And so it's talking about some different things here, just you know, what you're full of is going to come out. We've talked about some of that. Verse 19 says, Be filled with the Spirit in verse 18. Then speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now that uh, just kind of indicates some things we're going to talk about today. Notice that submitting to one another in the fear of God. So what you are full of is going to indicate or what it's going to determine how you act with other people. Acts 4.29, we read this. I'll just, we'll read this as a springboard, uh, this scripture as well, although we've covered it. Uh, verse 29 says, now, the, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31 and when they had prayed, that the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they, again, talking about being full of the Spirit. Here they're bold. They're ready to do what God has called them to do, go into all the earth, preach the gospel, and that's what they did. They went back out and were sharing the, God, the uh, good news, the gospel with other people. Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12 this morning. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll look at it. 
it's good to put your eyes on the Word. You know, we have, a, we have the, the Word of God, of course, on the screen. But, you know, it's good to bring your Bible to church. Look at the Bible. Look at it in what you use to read. If you use your phone to do, you know, do your Bible reading, that's fine. Look at your phone. Just don't go off onto something else and get distracted. You know, your rabbit trail, and five minutes later you wake up and realize, you know, you don't know what's being said. No, that's a distraction. Don't do that. But it's okay to, to look at the Word of God. I encourage you to do it. Verse 12, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God and Father, before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Verse 12 says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another. Make you increase and abound in love to one another. In the Amplified, it says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another. Cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people. And just as we also do for you, that he may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame and holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. In the NLT, verse 12 says, May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. So this is talking about love overflowing. Well, if you're overflowing with something, that means you're full. Amen. Amen. You don't say, you know, that you got a quarter of a cup of orange juice there and it's overflowing. I mean, you don't want to overflow a cup of orange juice. It's sticky. It's messy. But if it's overflowing, that means you put in too much. It's just it can't the, the, the vessel can't contain it. Well, so if you're overflowing, that means you're past full. And what's it talking about here being overflowing with what? With love. It says, may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. So what's this love? Let's skip down. We'll come back, I think, to some of these verses. Let's skip down um, to 1 John 4, verse 7. First John 4, verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know God, uh, or does not love, does not know God. For God is love. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So God is love. The Spirit of God, I mean, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of love. And we're talking about being full of the Spirit. That means you're full of love. That means love is overflowing in your life. Amen? I got one amen. So this, so love is a manifestation 
of God, true love. Now, we live in a day and age where all kinds of things are called love that are not love. You know, I heard somebody say, you know, we live in a day and age where compromise is masquerading as compassion. I'll say that again. Compromise is masquerading as compassion. People say, oh, I love you. And basically what they're, I'll put up with whatever sin you're doing and condone it because I, I, I have compassion towards you. No, actually, that's compromising the word of God. That's not love. Love is not just putting your stamp of approval on everything everybody does. True love, if you really cared about somebody and they were headed for a brick wall that was going to destroy their life and they were in, involved in things that were wrong and was going to destroy them and their family, then you would tell them you would not condone it. Right? I mean, if you really love somebody, you're going to do everything you can to help them avoid being destroyed. It's not compassion to say, oh, you're good. And especially not to put God's name on it and say, oh, God, God's okay with you. No, there's all kinds of, of, of this things, uh, facets of this going on in the world. But true love is of God. God is love. So love is the manifestation of God in the earth. It, just, it says here that Jesus is the manifestation of God's love. If you look at um, verse 9 there, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And we read right before that, it said God is love. So if we're full of the Spirit, then we're going to be full of love. There is no other way to put it. There is, there is nothing higher than walking in love. If you're full of God, then you are full of love. In other words, there is not a Christian that's really spiritual, quote unquote, but is mean and not loving toward people. Did you hear me? See, because people will stamp spiritual on so many things. They'll stamp spiritual on, on uh, you know, uh, things that look spectacular. They'll stamp spiritual on what they would call gifts of the Spirit, although there, there is gifts of the Spirit. There is the real manifestation. But you can yield to wrong spirits. You can yield to things that aren't God. But they look spectacular, and you could even know something that there's no way you could know in the natural, but it's not God, it's something else. You, can, you could yield to that, and it looks supernatural, but be not full of the Spirit of God. Do you know you can even be, you can be even carnal, not walking in, in uh, true love, and yet yield to the Spirit of God in some of these things, and have some of these things, true manifestations of the Spirit, operate in your life, but actually not be mature spiritually? The church at Corinth, they, they had every gift. The, the Apostle Paul said, you'd come behind and no gift. It said, but, it, but he said in, in chapter 3, we're not going to take time to look at it, but you are carnal. <laughs> in other words, they had the gifts of the, man, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in operation, but he said, you are carnal. What does carnal mean? You're led by your flesh. You're not spiritual. So that doesn't mean you're spiritual. 
Somebody said, uh, one of my instructors at Rama, you know, because he, he said this, this bothered him at, at one time, you know, you, and uh, I've heard numerous stories of different people talking about it, how somebody, you look at their life and it's a complete train wreck, yet they, I, there's one I'm thinking of. He had a, a, a gift of the Spirit, and, and this guy was, was like uh, saying some stuff to him or saying some stuff in a meeting, and he's closing his eyes, and he's like, that's the Spirit of God. And he look at the guy and be like, what? And then he closed his eyes and go, yep, that's the Spirit of God. He said, how is this possible? This guy is not, he is, he, he is not in his life yielding to God a lot of the time, but right now he is. Well, you can yield to the Spirit of God, but then yield a lot of time to stuff that's not the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean you're spiritual. You know, a, a, a stopped clock is wrong two times a day. And if you have your spiritual antenna up all the time looking for everything, you know, the, you know my instructor said, sometimes they tune into the God channel. You know, they're into this and they're into that and they're into all this crazy stuff. And every once in a while, they actually hear God. That doesn't mean you're spiritual. It's true spirituality being full of the Spirit of God. You're going to walk in love. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse uh, 1. You guys okay? You were talking about being full of the Spirit. That's not always just woo-woo. Like I call woo-woo. Just... People say, oh, you're really full of the Spirit. And um, what does that mean? Well, part of it, you're going to walk in love. It's not all these things people would call necessarily uh, spiritual. You can walk in things, and you should walk in things if you're truly, you know, in tune with the Spirit of God. But true spirituality is going to be walking in love. And that's going to affect, you know, if we're talking about being full of the Spirit, if we don't walk in love, it's going to affect that. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Read that part again. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, supernatural utterance, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal, just become noise. Just noisy. Not... not, not uh, giving any glory to God. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So even though I have, I'm flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, even though I have faith, if I am not walking in love, I'm nothing. So this is putting an emphasis on how important love is because if God is love and, and you're not doing it motivated by love, then you're not doing it motivated by God. That means there's some flesh in there. There's some carnality in there. And so it's not, it's, it's, it, it, it's basically useless. Our natural minds say, how can that be? Verse 3 says, and though I bestow all my goods... To feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Nothing, it says. It doesn't say it's even partially good. So love, the manifestation of love in our life, is true spirituality is flowing with God. And so when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, if we're full of Him, then we're going to yield to love as we, work, as we walk this life out. 
and we're going to be overflowing with it. And we're going to yield to it in everyday interactions. And as we do, that's going to help us maintain being full. We talked about, you know, yes, you're, 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 you're praying in the Spirit. You should be. We should be yielding, uh, reading the Word of God. The Word of God, we need to put that first. We need to put it, uh, reverence it. It's our guide. It's truth. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. We talked about being led by Him. But if you're doing these things, I mean, if you're truly doing them, there's going to be love there. But if we, if we yield to wrong things then we get out of love, it's going to hinder our ability to walk in the rest of everything, to walk the way we should. In other, in other words, if we get out of love, it's going to hinder us in our ability to walk out God's plan. It's a trap. And we need to know that you can't just yield to the wrong thing, get out of love, think you're spiritual and I'm doing all these things so it gives me the license to be mean. We're just giving place to the enemy then. And as we do that, we'll, we'll actually, we'll find ourselves depleted. We'll find our, because as soon as you judge somebody else, see, we want mercy in our lives. You know, you want mercy when you do the wrong thing on the highway. You know, I, well, I did, you know somebody honks at you. I didn't mean to do it. I was just, you know, you're just like, come on. But when we see somebody else do it, we're just like, you moron. Why did you do that? But if we, you know, sometimes when we think about it, we're like, wait a minute, I did that last week. I could have looked the exact same way, but we had an excuse for it because we knew what we were thinking at the time. But when we see somebody else do it, we're like, there is no excuse for that. I don't care, you know, and you see it every day. If you are commuting, you see it every single day. There is honking. There's people cutting people off every day, and uh, it's not going to change. You might as well deal. I mean, I remember, I've said this before, but I remember when I was, I was commuting to Burlington, and I finally started using the back roads, and it was much more consistent and better. But you know you're going down 95, and you're going to go off to 93, and usually if there's any traffic there, it backs up to where the, the turn lane backs up, right? You're trying to go in because it's just slow as you're going over there. Well, inevitably, there's a line. Everybody's waiting. Inevitably, you got people that blow by the whole line in every turn on, every on-ramp, right? They blow by the whole thing right at the last minute. They're going to cut in. Everybody else is waiting, but they're going to do that. And if you let that bother you, you're going to be bothered every single day because there's an endless supply of people that are going to do that. It ain't going to be the same person that did it yesterday. It's going to be another person that thinks they're in a hurry and they're more important than everybody else, and they're just going to do it. I mean, that's a good opportunity to exercise your love walk. But, you know, that, there's no excuse for that. I mean, I don't know. The guy is probably, but they might think, no, but I'm late. And that might be literally the only time they've ever done that. It could be that that person is thinking in their mind, I hate the people that do this, but I have to do it this time. And it's literally the only time in their life they ever did it. But to you, you're like, you are just like the 500 people that I've seen the last several days doing this. And so we judge them if we're not careful. Well, that's getting out of love. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to do that. It's not worth it. You just... I mean, as hard as it is, God bless them. They're probably late for something. 
they're probably just in a hurry. And, and you know, they think this is more important. God bless, and just mo- go on with your life, your life that day. Because you, you don't need, if you're going to maintain being full of the Spirit, it does not need to, need to be spilled out, you know, at 7.30 in the morning because some guy decided to cut you off on 93. And you can, seriously, you can, that can mess up your whole day. That seems minor, but it can be any number of things where, you know, and if you ever had this happen, you are in a great place. I mean, you're singing, you, you woke up just great, and you feel like you're communing with God, and then something like that happens. Or you get into work, and somebody says something, and you're like, there it goes. I felt like everything I built up just went to zero right there. And you feel like, I thought I was further than that. I had to just yield to that. Well, you have a choice right there. Even if you messed up, you can come back and say, that wasn't love. I choose to uh, do better from this point forward. <laughs> I read there was some meme, one of my daughters sent me or something, and it, it wasn't Christian, but the guy just said, yeah, I really try to be a good person. And then somebody cuts me off in traffic, and I got to try again tomorrow. <laughs> just the way it was written. Well, we don't have to do that. We can say, look, okay, that was wrong. I'm going to get back into the place, but walking in love, it's so much better when you just keep your mouth shut and don't do it in the first place. Have you noticed somebody said this, and I, I fully agree, the, fir- the older I get, the more I realize the, the wisdom in this statement. The more, I, the, the more I keep my mouth shut, the less I have to repent. You just don't, don't say anything. Nobody knows you're, 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 you're having an, inside, an internal tr- struggle. You don't have to repent because you didn't say anything. you just like, mm, no, not going to do that. Your future self will thank you. <laughs> you're just thinking like, so glad I just didn't let her rip. And if people are around you, you got to repent to them. It's, you don't want to do that. You know you don't want to have to apologize because you feel like the other person was wrong in the first place. They provoked you. Why are you going to make it on you now and say something? Nothing more frustrating. But, you know, if we'll just walk in love, if we'll just say, not doing it, not worth it. I like being here. I like being full of God. I like being on this. I like being able to hear God clearly because, you know, when you get frustrated, it's hard to hear God. Because you got stuff rattling in your head. And if you're pointing your finger in the internal to somebody else and then you're like, God, just show me this. Have mercy and give me. I know I didn't do everything right, but but you're like that that person, they deserve that's hard to hear God. But if you're just like, you know what? I will not let them get me off. I, I know I've missed it. God bless you. I'm going on down the way and you maintain, oh, it's so much easier. You can hear the Spirit of God. You're not clouding it up. We do have a part to play. You know, it, it, we do have a part to play with hearing God and be able to walk with Him. He wants to get things over to us. We're not talking about condemnation. Of course, you know, if, you, if we've missed it, there is cleansing. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God there's no condemnation. But it's so much better when you just don't go down that path to begin with. It's just so much better when, you're, when you just, you know, the hole is right there. And you're feeling like you're going to step in it, but you just go right around it. Rather than falling in it and having to get yourself out. It's so much better. So we're supposed to be full of that spirit, of the spirit of God, full of love. 
Let's look at a couple, a few more verses. Let's, let's skip back up. Just look at a couple more verses to that effect before we go on. Philippians 1 verse 9. Because this is not just in one place. Let's look at it in the New King James and then we'll look at it in the Amplified Classic. It says, This I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That this I pray that your love may abound still more and more. In the Amplified Classic, it says, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. That your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. <laughs> That's a mouthful. But it's saying we're, that we grow more, that we get, we're more and more like Him, that we're acquainted with Him, that we're flowing in this. This is in multiple places. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. It says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Your your love abounds toward each other, overflows. So we're full. Imagine, you're just overflowing love so much that, yeah, there's little blips that challenge you, but you're overflowing with it that it doesn't deplete you. It bounces off you and you just keep trucking. Imagine there, just living there. You were talking about being full of the Spirit, just being full, that you don't get off with every little thing. Somebody says something, you're not... You're not mad. It's not, you're not so touchy that it's easy for you to get depleted because that's just a target. The enemy can just go, and you're just, you're done for the day. What about being so overflowing that you just, you, you don't get pushed off easy at all. You're just unstoppable in the spirit of God. I mean, it's not you, but you're over, you're working from your overflow. So you might have to just exercise it a little bit, say, no, nope, I'm not going to deal. But you're overflowing. You're not getting to where you're like, you know, feel like you got an inch left in the glass and Lord, fill me up. I can't deal with it anymore at work today. You know, you're just working. You're, you're, you're working from your overflow. So let's look at, uh, let's just look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4. What does this look like? You know, we've had this whole series on love. I'm not, I'm not going to, this is not a series on love, but we're touching on some of these things, our series on love on the different places, YouTube, website, etc. But let's look at, I like this, let's look at it in the Amplified, because I like it in the Amplified. But just real, we'll, we'll spend just a little bit of time just looking at this. This just describes what we're talking about. So if you're talking about overflowing with love, what, what does this look like? What does this look like in practice? What are some attributes of it? Verse 4, love endures long and is patient. You have it in, um, can you put it up in the Amplified Classic? I put Amplified there, but it's actually Amplified Classic, so that, I'll just, just give him a second. So four, 1 Corinthians 4 through 8, in the Amplified Classic. Thank you. You're on top of it. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Just look at the first part. Again, we're not going to go into depth on this, but just as we're flying over this, we're talking about in context. We're talking about being full. What would that look like? What would that look like when you're interacting with people? 
love endures long and is patient and kind. So some people will endure long, but they're not patient and kind. <laughs> you know they're enduring long. They'll tell you they're enduring long. They tell you they're done like three hours ago, and so they have a right to be mean. That's not what it looks like. Love endures long, and it's patient and kind. So if you're overflowing with that, and you're, you're walking in that, you're patient and kind anyway. And who are you patient and kind with? People. You know, it's not enough to say, um, you know, I, I, I love God, but I just can't stand people. All this is toward people. Well, I, I, this is the way I act toward God. People are another, another category. We've missed it entirely because God sent Jesus to die for people. Hold your place there, or you're going to come back to that. Go down to uh, John 3.16. Just look at a few of these verses. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. So he gave his only begotten Son for who? He loved the world. This people. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Go back to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us when we were dead in trespasses. So before we earned anything, he loved us and he sent Jesus for us. He sent Jesus, loved us, loved people. Romans 5 verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, a good man... Will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he demonstrates his love, how? That when we were still sinners, when we didn't earn anything. In other words, we didn't have anything good to show God, yet he loved us. That's how love acts. It doesn't wait for the recipient of the love to change it loves in the middle of the recipient being a jerk worse you know jesus died god sent jesus to die for the whole world uh many of whom despise him and will reject him spit on him i mean it's it boggles our mind to see to 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 read and to know what he went through we only have a glimpse and to know those are for people that will reject him. 
it's just amazing. I mean, it's what he, what he endured for us, for people that are not even going to receive it and that hate him. But that's our example. When we're talking about love, that's what it looks like. It wasn't waiting for the people to change. It was before people did anything and knowing full well that some of them were going to just reject him. So when we're talking about us walking in love, when we're looking at what this looks like, it's not saying, well, yeah, but they. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have a right. I know what I'm supposed to do, but look what they did. Here we go. I'm giving them both barrels. That's, that's not love, and that, will, that, that yielding to that will just get us out of the place that we need to be in because then we're going to God that the mercy of God, the love of God toward us is so great, but then we're looking at people and going, yeah, but they deserve such and such. See, we don't want that on us. And the best way to just stay in that place of peace is to say, well, you don't deserve it, but I know I didn't deserve it either. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for who he is. Thank God that that's toward me. I'm going to sow that right now, and I'm just going to stay in this good place right now. I'm not getting out of it. Not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not doing that. If God loves you, then I love you. Now, that's not to say you just put up with stuff and don't deal with issues. Okay? You deal with things that need to be dealt with. If you need to have a tough conversation, you deal with it, but you can do it love. Love may look very firm, but it's not mean, and it's not putting people down. You know, it's, it's not being haughty, but it can be very stern. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13. So this love that we have, this is how God loves us. This is how the Spirit of God in us would act. And so this is what we yield to. 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 4. Let's go back to the Amplified Classic and let's look at verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. So that behavior, that's not love. Is not rude, unmannerly. So it's never right to be rude. Love is never rude. Even if we're right. Even if we're in the right spiritually, even if we are walking according to the word and somebody else is wrong and somebody disagrees with us on an issue and, well, they're wrong, and so we have a right to be rude. You know, that's very prevalent now. And we could go into all kinds of things. No, we're we not, you know, wishy-washy, man, pamby, don't stand up for the right thing. We need to, but that's different than being rude. And if we are, it's not hurting the other person as much as it is us. So we can be firm. We can be just uh, standing up for truth. Yet we don't, when we cross the line, when we lose our temper, when we get rude, we're yielding to the wrong thing. Now, some people go the opposite way and they're just like, well, so we can't be mean. So we just got to put up with everything. No. Don't have to put up with it. But when we lose it, when we lose our peace, we're off. We're wrong. And it, you, when just think of Jesus. Jesus was very stern at times, but he wasn't rude. I mean, he didn't, 
he, he put them in their place, but he wasn't just unnecessarily mean. He was telling the flat, unvarnished, bold truth. There's, those are two different things. You, that, that is biblical. But when somebody's rude, it's just unnecessarily, you're just saying something that, that you know, it's the wrong spirit we're yielding to. We want to be full of the spirit. You, you don't want to switch into yielding to the wrong spirit. So it's, it's rude. Try not to preach on every verse here, so we'll just keep moving. It is rude. It is not rude. Unmannerly does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. So it's not selfish. It is not uh, self-seeking, is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Yeah, but they did this to me. Not making light of what happened to us, but if we get at the other person, we're going to get out of sorts. It's, we're yielding to the wrong thing. It's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt our walk with God. It's not walking in love. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at un, or injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Look at that verse 7 again. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. So anything that comes, doesn't matter. We don't get to that point where it's like, I'm done. I'm done. There's this, this, and this, this. I'm done. It says it bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Going back to like what we were talking about, like when we're on the, on the interstate. Believe the best. This is not just, you know, covering your eyes and just believing whatever. It's just saying, well, maybe they're just like when we've been in a situation. Yeah, maybe they're late for an appointment. Maybe, you know, they didn't mean to. Maybe this was their first time. Maybe there's something going on. Not that you're making excuses for everybody, you're just believing the best instead of getting off and just internally getting out of sorts, getting upset, letting it mess with you. It's so much better just to, say, just to stay on God's side. It's just so much better to stay full of Him. Ever ready to believe the best of every person? Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Notice it says its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Love is actually the spirit of just not never being defeated, always winning, just saying, no, no matter what, my hopes are fadeless. My, my hopes are not changing. And so let's close with this, Romans 5, 5. This love, when we're talking about being full of the spirit, God is love, that's his spirit. If you go down, go down to Romans 5, 5. This is the spirit that is in us, the, the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of love is what allows us to walk like this. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. That means the love that God has for people, for us, has been poured out in us so we can walk in that. 
And so when we say we're full of him, we're actually full of this. We're full of love. And so we can't say truthfully, I just can't love that person. I can't do it because it, we're not depending on us to do it. We're, we're kicking into something much greater in ourselves, the love of God. That's been poured out in our hearts, and we're saying, Lord, I don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't know how to, to love that person. I don't know how to walk in your, your way, but you said that I have it, and you said I could do it. You told me to abound in love so I can, so help me, and I'm going to do what I, I need to do to yield to it. Well, that just keeps you full of him, hooked up with him. It doesn't, it doesn't get us in that place where we're separated from him, condemned, feeling guilty. We know we're, we're flowing with him, and that just keeps you strong. You're unassailable then. You, you can't be defeated because the, you're walking in the love of God. Praise God. 